Hello and welcome to another episode of Two Guys and a Chainsaw. I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. Well, we decided we better dip back into our request list because it's starting to get a little long. The request that we chose to do for this week, since we do enjoy early 80s horror slasher films, especially ones that are a little more obscure, uh, came from Shane. And he requested a film that we had both never heard of, I think, right? Right. (laughs) And I know why. (laughs) Now we know why. (laughs) Sorry, Shane, we're not going to be kind to this movie. (laughs) Nope. Uh, This is 1983's Curtains. One of those many, I don't know, it seems like Canada had a... Uh, the beat on all of the early slasher films of the late 70s, early 80s, they were all coming out of Canada, right? I mean, we've done so many. Uh, Terror Train, Black Christmas, Prom Night, just just a lot of these. Some of them notorious, some of them forgettable, like this movie. Yeah. did come out of Canada uh, for some reason. It was, I think it was a cheap place to do production. Uh, the Burning, I think, was it, was there too? I don't know. I don't remember. But this, I, I think the producer of this movie was the same guy who produced Prom Night and they wanted to do a more mature slasher movie like for grown-ups, like not just like a teen slasher movie. Mm. Uh, and uh, I think maybe they <laughs> miscalculated. I think that the, <laughs> the whole teen slasher thing is the way to go because yeah. this is not. <laughs> Nobody... <laughs> Nobody wants to watch what kind of ends up looking like a bad soap opera with a few killings in it. (laughs) Right? I seriously, when we turned this on from the very beginning, I thought, is this one of those made-for-TV movies we're going to be watching again? And apparently the movie did have a bit of a life on late-night television, and I can see why. It's pretty tame in most respects. It's really odd in a lot of ways. It's the sort of thing that if you're half asleep you might as well watch because you're going to fall asleep anyway. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say like, listen, get your beeper ready. Cause I am not going to be able to contain myself. <laughs> this movie is super fucking boring. And like, <laughs> I was bored to death in this movie. Yeah. Uh, there are so many scenes that I was like looking at my watch, like this scene is still happening. Like, (laughs) are you kidding me? Like I've been watching some bitch ice skate for like five minutes. Like, (laughs) Oh my God. Notorious ice skating scene from what I read online. You know, I have to admit this and I've never, I don't think I've done this for any other films that we've had to watch, but about mm, 20 minutes into this movie, I went into my video player software and I set it to play the movie at one and a quarter speed. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't blame you. I kid you not. I thought I could save a good 10 minutes from this movie by just speeding it up. And I didn't even notice. Like even even at one and a quarter speed, it seemed slow. (laughs) I, I swear to God that if we hadn't been watching it for the podcast, I would have turned it off. Mm. Like, I was mad. Like, I was, like, rage-watching it. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like, this is is horrible. Throwing stuff across the room. (laughs) I mean, we have watched some movies that have been really bad in different ways, but usually, like, those are kind of fun to, like, joke about or whatever. Like, like you said, like, this is just, like, bad daytime drama. Like, it, it feels like soap opera. Like, I watched, like, three episodes of 
all my children or something like mm, bad episode uh, yeah oh it, so bad and it's pretentious at points and it's bizarre oh it's so it's pretentious <laughs> and here's the weird thing there are really good actors in this movie yeah there are seasoned actors in this movie and some of the actors in this movie this may have been their second or third movie that they did but they went on to do a lot of stuff i mean there's some really recognizable faces in here the only one that I recognized was the guy who plays the lead guy, uh, Stryker. Stryker. <laughs> John Vernon. Yeah. John Vernon. I mean, if you've ever seen any movie ever, you've seen this guy because he's been in a bazillion things. And a lot of TV. A lot of TV. Yeah. Even tons now. and tons and tons. But he was the only one that I really recognized. Who else? You didn't recognize Samantha Egger, the the sort of the other lead actress in it? the one. Not plays, really. She has kind of a... I don't want to say a wonky eye, but it's like one of her eyes is just a little bigger than the other. Yeah, yeah. And it looks just a little to the side. So she's got a very distinctive look. Uh, she was the star of The Brood. We haven't done The Brood yet, but we probably will mm -hmm. at some point. She's been in a ton of, ton of movies. She was the voice of Hera in the Disney Hercules. Oh, that's cool. Not, not like a lot of big name movies, but a lot of stuff that you'd recognize. And like I said, a lot of TV. I, I don't know, I, especially from the 80s, actually, like Falcon Crest, The Love Boat, you know, things like that. And then um, some of the other actresses, actually, we should have recognized from earlier films we've done. Sandy Curry was one of the girls in here. She was in Terror Train. And Lynn Griffin was in Black Christmas. She was one of the girls in Black Christmas. Oh, well, see, here was one of the problems that I had with this movie. Okay, so the premise, the general premise, like if you read it on IMDb, is like these six actresses gather at this manor for like some audition for like a life changing role or whatever. First of all, when I first started watching the movie, I was going back to IMDb because I was thinking I was watching the wrong movie because it didn't seem like that was what it was going to be about at all for the mm. first 10 or 15 minutes. But one of the problems, one of the many problems that I had with the movie was that aside from two of those six actresses, none of the rest of them had any distinguishing qualities. Yeah, so I never had any idea who I was looking at. Yeah. Like, I had no idea who was who. Even physically, they have no distinguishing qualities. Like, exactly. They have almost the same hairstyle. They're, they're all kind of brunettes. There's only one blonde in the whole thing, and they all just have a similar look. Again, they all look like they came off of 80 soap operas. Every single one of them. Well, and to be fair, I guess they're all auditioning for the same role. But yeah. at, at one point, somebody says, oh, you've brought all these girls here, and they're all so different. No, they're not. They're all exactly the same. <laughs> like, I don't know what it's you're true. talking about and like the, the they try to give them distinguishing qualities but the distinguishing qualities are like oh one's an ice skater one's yeah. a ballet dancer mm -hmm. one's a comedian but they look exactly the same and so i never know who i'm looking at and i don't know what version of the film that you looked at i watched it on amazon prime and it was terrible the quality was terrible mm. the screen was bouncing around all of the time and uh, it was so dark that i couldn't see anything for a good 30 percent of the movie and there were also many many times when the boom mics were so 
obviously in frame, like wow. ridiculously obviously in frame. Was that <laughs> not the case with the version that you watched? Maybe you watched a transfer from the VHS or something like that. Probably. What I watched was pretty clear. I read that in the early 2000s, all of the fans of this film petitioned for it to be to get a proper Blu-ray and DVD release, and so it did. And I think the movie I watched probably came from that release. I'd imagine they fixed those problems. I can't imagine there being that many fans to petition unless the guy who owned the rights to this was like one dude sitting in his house who got like two letters from two people. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Like, and that's, what did you say the name of the guy? Shane, is it Shane who uh, requested this? Shane, get on our Facebook page and please tell us why you requested this movie. If there's something about it that I missed, something that makes it endearing, something that warrants it being a cult classic, fill me in because I just don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get it. It's a bizarre movie and it doesn't flow well. It's poorly edited. There are a lot of hanging threads in here. There's hanging threads. It's completely nonsensical. Yeah, it's like, not plausible at all. None, none of it no. is. Almost, yeah, absolutely every bit of it, including the premise. The premise is stupid. The, pre- <laughs> the premise is that this big name, like you said, this big name director is gathering a la sort of like Agatha Christie style, gathering all right. of these people, these women to his house to audition them. And then his message method of audition is he's he's i guess he's just going to put them through the paces or something and them that's that's the only that's the only reason that he's bringing them all there it's true and and he's so brazen about it he just it's like one scene he walks into one girl's room with her and she's just like okay and another scene (laughs) he he saves a girl from like a thing and then uh comforts her in bed and they start kissing and there you go there's that thing and he's just That seems to be really his only motivation. Yeah. Okay. Like, I feel like we should say that the first 20 minutes and I, and I guess I found the first 20 minutes kind of intriguing. Like, okay. So this director striker has this relationship with this actress named Samantha where they have worked together like a a million times and they're going to, do this new film based on this book called Audra. I got so sick of hearing that name Mm. over the course of the movie. Apparently it's about like a crazy woman or something. So they devised this plan together, I guess. I mean, I think that when it comes down to it, it was really just, he was trying to get her out of the way or something. I don't know, Mm. but they're going to do like this method acting thing where they have her, committed to an insane asylum so that she can really understand what it's like to be an insane person. And that idea is kind of interesting, but even that is so sloppy. Like the, the women in the asylum are so over the top (sighs) asylum ladies. Yeah. Yeah. It's just stupid. I know that we've watched other movies like this before where people have been in an asylum and it's just people just acting goofy, you know, like tickling each other and cackling. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, it's dumb. And to, to be fair to the actress who plays Samantha, um, she does a pretty good job of showing how just being in that kind of institution would break you down and, and make you maybe kind of seem insane. So it, that may be the only positive thing I had to say about the whole movie. Like she did a pretty good job with that, I will say. But then it turns out 
he gathers all of these other actresses or calls all of these other actresses and leaves her in the asylum. Like he's just going to leave her there yeah. forever, I guess, apparently. Well, um, the way they do this too, is they meet with the doctor and he's going to commit her and she stares off into space and the doctor has to have them sign some paperwork. And he makes a comment to her like, well, you know, just from looking at you right now, I just can't imagine that you have this problem. It's an honor to have you here, Miss Sherwood. I'm a longtime fan of yours. I am looking forward to seeing Audra. The film has been shelved temporarily. I didn't realize. I must say, Miss Sherwood, from Dr. Harrison's report, I uh, expected somewhat more severe behavior from you. But I see no reason why you shouldn't be back in front of the camera in no time. Those days are over, Doctor. I only hope she faces. <laughs> And she immediately on cue grabs like some scissors from his desk and tries to attack this guy. Striker. Uh, Striker. (laughs) Striker. She tries to strike Striker. And immediately some orderlies from the other room leap in like like they were waiting there the whole time. And it's at like a mansion, but I guess the mansion is also supposed to be an institution. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, right. Uh, and, and, And takes her in there. And then... He says they put her in a straitjacket and and then put her in the corner. And then he says to the doctor, "Um, can I have a few minutes alone with her? (laughs) And the doctor, rightly so, is like, are you sure that's a good idea? And he's like, well, she's in this straitjacket, so there's nothing she could possibly do to anybody. And the doctor's like, okay, that makes sense. And just... (laughs) <laughs> leaves him in there with her. I, I think that she's the best actress in the movie, but oh, yeah. even she, it like after the doctor leaves, she's like, Oh darling, didn't I do a wonderful job? Like uh, method acting. <laughs> like I know it's so contrived and it's stupid. Bad. It's bad. <laughs> well, and just the whole idea of that. I mean, there are people who have done that, you know, actors who've done things like this in order to get into a character. You can arrange this sort of thing, right? You can spend time, with interviewing people or being there, you don't have to do this kind of thing. But again, it was his plot. According to the movie, Stryker just really wanted to leave her there. For reasons I don't understand, he's trying no. to get her out of the way. Well, you don't have to cast her. Right. You know, she might be pissed about it, but you don't have to leave her in an insane asylum for the rest of your life just to avoid that embarrassment. <laughs> I know, it's I know. Dumb. It's crazy. It's dumb. And, and, and then, like, everything else is nonsensical, too. So, okay, so then she He's there. And so then we find out, like, we see a newspaper, like, ooh, exposition, newspaper headline. Audra is finally going forward, casting underway. And then we get these brief introductions to all of these actresses, again, like, indistinguishable from one another. And there's one, one of the first ones that gets introduced, I think, if I remember correctly, is this blonde chick. Oh my gosh, this um, one. <laughs> and, and there's, the way that she's introduced is there's like this stalker outside her house. Like she's, I don't know, showering or like in the bathroom or something. I don't remember. And there's this stalker who like puts pantyhose on his head and is going in. And I knew from the beginning, I'm like, this is fake. This isn't real. But the scene went on for days. I know. Like (laughs) I lost a week of my life on this scene (laughs) and it went on for so long. And then it was just a stupid rape fantasy scene that, it was kind of amounted to nothing. Yeah. It, it, well, 
it's so funny that she's maybe the most developed character of all of them, right? <laughs> At least you know she's got this twisted fantasy because uh, nobody else really has anything of note or interest besides their occupation. It's just she's in the bat, she's in the kitchen, she pours herself a glass of wine, she goes into the bedroom, you see the stalker outside the window. Then she comes back into the kitchen to like close the fridge, you see the stalker outside the window. She goes back into her bedroom, stalker's still outside the window. Then she goes back into the kitchen, pours herself another thing of wine, stalkers outside the window she goes back into her bedroom he opens the window and then there's like this long ass scene of her sitting reading a magazine until finally she gets up out of bed and turns the corner and he leaps out at her and then it gets really icky yeah she's he's like he's like looks like he's raping her and then it turns out that she knows him and this is some game that they often play and he's like oh Mm -hmm. this is getting a little boring well there's always the pizza boy (laughs) no too messy Besides, the pepperoni always sticks to my ass. That's the only way to keep it warm. <laughs> like, seriously. It doesn't even make sense, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, all the wild classical music is playing in the background. Like, this is some kind of, like, classy <laughs> art film or some shit. Well, like, come on. Well, and then when they're done, this was like dream within a dream within a dream stupid stuff. She kind of falls asleep or they're making out or whatever and it pans over to this weird doll that she has this sort of like two foot tall porcelain doll thing Mm -hmm. and which has a weird frowny face the next scene we see is of her driving down the road presumably i don't even think it was her was it yeah it was her driving down the road i don't know i couldn't tell any of them apart and she stops the car well she was the only blonde one craig she was the only one i could tell from (laughs) the rest And it doesn't help us because she gets killed off right away. So she stops the car because there's a girl in the road. It turns out to be her doll. And then her doll's hands clamp around her. And I'm like, what is going on? And somebody hops in this car and runs her over. And then she wakes up because she had a dream. So this is the Uh second fake out. Two scenes back to back where we've been faked out that this woman's going to get murdered. So, of course, in this third scene, after she's woken up, the guy who she was with isn't there anymore. Inexplicably, they never explain where he is. Yeah, and she's like, hello, 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 and then she gets, what, knifed or something? I don't remember. Well, and that's another thing, another crap piece about this movie. Like, the kills are so lame. Yeah. Like, they're not inventive or interesting. Like, they're not even visually interesting. No. Like, they're so dumb. And she gets killed. And, like, then there's... That doll keeps popping up. Why? Why? What? Yeah. (laughs) Why is is this doll around? What's the connecting? What does this doll signify? It just, well, this movie apparently had a very storied production history because the original director filmed like 45 minutes of it and quit. Yeah. He and the producer apparently couldn't stand each other and completely were at odds with what they wanted. The producer wanted another slasher movie like Prom Night. The director wanted this sort of adult art, maybe art house, thoughtful film. And I think that probably has a lot to do with why this is so weird. A lot of it was filmed in this kind of try. There are probably moments like this doll or whatever that were supposed to have some significance, but then it got lost because they brought in another director to finish the movie. uh, And then they shot some scenes like a year later. This movie was like in production for three or four years before it finally came out. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it got chopped to pieces and rewritten and additional scenes added. A whole bunch of scenes were reshot or shot and then weren't even 
even used. And they said it was just kind of a nightmare. So this thing was more or less cobbled together, which explains something. Except even the thinking that you would have all of this footage at hand for you, couldn't you put together something at least a little more coherent than this? Mm-hmm. I don't know. So yeah, it makes no sense. I would think that the doll, the doll comes up one more time, right? Yeah, in the ice skating scene. Again, it totally improbably for no good reason. Yeah. So I thought the same thing that you did. It was very Agatha Christie. Like they, you know, bring all these women together and like they all are when they're all finally together. There's one other, I guess, significant introduction scene where we're introduced to this one lady who's like a comedian, I guess. With the worst act you could imagine, but the very enthusiastic audience. (laughs) Yeah, she's not funny at all. And apparently she filmed this in front of a real audience. And I guess they were just generous i don't know yeah, but yeah, um whatever she's like have you ever wanted something so bad that you do anything for it blah 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 <laughs> foreshadowing yeah um <laughs> yeah so then they all come together and they're all seated around this big dinner table and they introduce some guy who's like a caretaker or something who well, is completely insignificant. Do they introduce like, him? He just kind of walks into the scene and sits down next to one woman. And I don't think well, anybody. The, right, the guy's like, oh, and this is Matthew. No, that's, like, that's it. That's all you get. This is Matthew. No explanation for who he is or why he's there. But OK. Um and and so and, and they comment on how the the one girl hasn't shown up and then Samantha shows up. She's not supposed to be there. She has escaped mm. the asylum. Yeah. Not been let out. <laughs> She's escaped. <laughs> With the aid of an unseen friend who like talks to her for a big long scene, but you never see her. Yeah. And then Striker. <laughs> What bothered, like, they they say, you know, like, this is really weird. Like, this isn't a typical audition. Like, what does he have in mind? And all he says is... And one of you is Audra. Which one? I don't yet know. The next two days will be unlike any you've ever known. Not all of you will make it, but I promise each of you learn something about themselves and their craft and that's all we ever learn about this audition process like there's there's no rhyme or reason to why they're there or what he has planned for them yeah like if it were really agatha christie there would be like some game you Mm -hmm. know but there there's not no like they're just there to hang out and he's there to like them and that's it <laughs> mostly and do some weird ass <laughs> exercises like uh <laughs> well and and here's the other thing too is that they keep referring to audra you know this character that they're supposed to all be auditioning for and at one point uh one of the characters says oh i read the book you know when i was uh-huh. a kid it made this huge impact on me in another one one girl actually asks another one like who is Audra? What is she like? And everything like she has done no research for this role at all. (laughs) And, but the point is like, we don't even know. No, they keep referring to Audra and there's even coy suggestions like, Oh, well she's playing Audra. Like, like maybe some of the girls, the way that they're acting isn't, they're not really doing things. They're just trying to impress him by acting like Audra, but it would be very helpful if we, the audience had any clue who this Audra character was Mm -hmm. um, and what her, 
qualities were, anything like that. We're given nothing but a name and these tiny little references here and there. So it's not helpful for us. Mm-mm. It doesn't add to deepen the mystery. It doesn't make it cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He And he makes that big speech and then they all kind of go off on their separate ways. And like you said, one at a time, he just kind of peels off and starts <laughs> starts banging them. And he makes a comment to one girl, says, uh, did you bring your ice skates, I hope? And she's like, yes. And then there are these scenes where they're all talking to each other, and she mentions that she kind of pops in disturbed. She says, my ice skates, they're missing. Like, where are my ice skates? Has anybody seen my ice skates? And they're like, oh, well, well, sure, they'll turn up somewhere. A scene or two later, you see one of those sort of, you know, the killer preparing scenes where you just see some hands grab some things in a tool shop. And you see that it's sharpening something. It appears to be sharpening the blade of some ice skates. I'm like, oh, okay. Later on, we get this ice skating scene. And she inexplicably has her ice skates back. Yeah, Like, I guess she's found them. And she's walking through the woods to go ice skating. Like, what was the whole deal with the ice skates? There was a funny puppet show. I liked that puppet show. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) For a second. I had no idea what was going on but it was kind of funny but yeah it's like all these girls that like they're just kind of interacting or whatever but but it's just a setup for them to kind of be picked off and it's not even a good setup well and they're not picked off one at a time it's like one person gets killed then there's most of the movie goes by and the rest of them get killed in succession exactly like okay so there's the ice skating girl she uh goes ice skating (laughs) for like 20 minutes and and then like the killer sneaks up on her on ice skates and like <laughs> how is this even happening like how is she not hearing somebody ice skating up behind her now uh, okay we would be remiss if we didn't say that the killer wears this mask like this old gross woman mask and i liked the mask yeah it was cool mm-hmm. so like the ice skating girl finds the doll in the snow and then the <laughs> ice skating killer in the mask <laughs> comes up and like attacks her and this whoever is the killer which will obviously will reveal later on but like they're not even like badass like no, they're not they, good. they like they get a slap to the face and fall back <laughs> like they're down for like 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> it's so true so but so the ice skating girl gets attacked and then she runs through the forest for 20 minutes <laughs> and then finally she gets killed like in a super boring way she leans against a random tree to catch her breath and i mean this tree is about as wide as she is yeah and suddenly arms reach around the tree and slash her throat like this killer from after she's been somehow got ahead of her found the right tree to hide behind. And I don't know how he made himself as skinny as he did uh, right. to, to actually hide behind this tiny little tree. <laughs> oh, it was so stupid. And you don't even see anything. Like I no. said, like the kills are so boring. Like it's just like close-ups on their face. And then she gets killed. And then there's a lot more drama. Like they're trying to inject like serious drama and it just doesn't work at all. Like there's this random lesbian scene. (laughs) And I was like, what is happening? Like two of the girls are, are like one girl's like unbuttoning the other girl's blouse. And again, it goes on forever. Like, so oh my god just whip her tit out seriously just do it (laughs) and she finally does and she caresses it and then you realize that it's like an acting 
moment and the the director pops up and he's like no no you're a man seducing her a man would never be like that (laughs) and samantha's trying to interject herself all the time and he's not interested in her and they're fighting all the time and yeah it's so confusing at one point he has all the actresses that he's invited in like this studio or whatever and then samantha shows up and insists that she be given a chance and he's like okay but you're so beautiful what if you weren't beautiful anymore here put on this mask and And it's it's the the killer's mask mask. yeah yeah how did he get it where did that come from i mean we're supposed to think ooh, but at the end of the day it, there's no explanation for this at all. Right. None. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then. And, go yeah, ahead. go ahead. Well, <laughs> no, you, you do it. I don't, I don't even know what to say because seriously, like there's like these long moments of drama and then it felt like they tried to wrap everything up in five minutes at the end. Well, it's almost like just a bunch of disparate ideas that are not very well connected. At one point, it feels kind of like Friday the 13th, mm-hmm. where Brooke goes into her bathroom, and this is where that random flashback of the lesbian thing gets thrown in. And I don't even know why it was thrown in there. Just they had to squeeze it in somewhere. And she's like painting her nails, and there's clearly a figure behind her in the shower curtains of the shower so cliche and she turns around and suddenly there's no figure there at all she opens up the shower there's nobody in there and the window's open i mean this tiny window Mm -hmm. she closes the window closes the shower and then when she opens up the toilet the head of the ice skating girl is in there Mm -hmm. she runs screaming out to the rest of the group and uh the guy says, everything's fine. It's okay, Stryker. And he comes back and to the bathroom. And of course, he looks at everything and opens up the toilet lid. And the girl's head is not in there at all. So she runs into the bedroom crying. And and <laughs> they both just kind of like get into bed together. He embraces mm-hmm. her. She looks up at him and he looks down at her. And suddenly they just start kissing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like really <laughs> and then the next scene is samantha like coyly opening the door and just seeing him like smoking a cigarette like in voice coital bliss it, like, like he's egging her like he's yeah <laughs> oh my god like he's like see what i just did isn't this pissing you off more <laughs> i know and it it's so dumb and then from there like I don't know. There are there are a couple of other like seemingly kind of dramatic scenes like the the director has one scene with the comedian girl where he like eggs her on like he dismisses her immediately and then she gets all angry and he's like oh I see something in you and then that's just it. That's just the end of the scene like it's stupid and then there's a 20 minute bad ballet dancing scene because there's a ballet girl apparently and she ballet dances by herself for a while and then the killer just all you see literally is she's dancing and then it does a close-up on her face and you see a gloved hand come around her mouth and her eyes go wide and that's it like that's how create and you hear like stabbing noises like that's how creative the kills are 
Yeah. So bad. It's it's this magical killer that is can be anywhere and everywhere at any time and sneak up on anybody with no rhyme or reason. It's this sort of supernatural mm-hmm. deal. And uh and then uh we kind of come to the end of the movie. Uh, like I said, it's just bang bang boom in succession. Once once she mm-hmm. gets killed, Stryker and Brooke are meeting and talking about something and you see somebody but you don't see who it is with a gun now uh come into the room and shoot them both and they f- fall out the window. And inexplicably, he falls out the window of the second floor only to fall back in the window on the first floor somehow mm-hmm. with the shard of glass in his back. So we see he's dead. And I thought for sure this maybe we're getting some April Fool's Day stuff here. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, no, no, definitely not. I that felt clever. exactly the same thing. I thought there was going to be some clever twist at the end, but there's not. Yeah, well, um, at this point, I forgot who was left. I, th- I thought, well, surely it's me just too. Samantha here. <laughs> and because you see so little of this other girl, like literally this comedian girl, you see her at the beginning, you see a couple scenes with her, then there's nothing with her until toward the end. And that's the problem with all these girls. Like you said, they're indistinguishable with each other. We have these separate scenes that are supposed to be dramatic and whatever, but they don't really do any character development. No. So we don't really know who's who. We still don't really know anything about them or their motivations. Motivations. It's just not interesting. So keeping track of them is hard enough. And so this other girl who I don't even remember where she came into the picture, but I, I swear we hadn't seen her since that dining scene at the beginning. I of the have movie. no idea who she was. <laughs> I just wrote down beret girl because she was wearing a beret. I'm like, all of it, like, she runs around and sees everybody dead. And she also like at one point she goes, Matthew. And then you just see a dead body in the jacuzzi. Yeah, like, it's that oh, guy. Oh, Matthew. Guess from Matthew's the dead. <laughs> <laughs> like we were even gonna care. We never no. saw Matthew at all. He was at one point making out with a girl in the hot tub immediately after the, uh, the dinner. The dinner scene in the in in a distance from a distance. Yeah, right. It just. <laughs> Okay, great. Matthew's dead. Apparently, there was a scene they shot yeah. of, of him getting it on a snowboard or something like that, or a snow snowmobile. But once again, yeah. like, what did they have this character in mind for besides just another body to end up for her to discover at the end? I have no idea. Yeah, and 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 then at this point, it is very much like Friday the Thirteenth, in that you've got this one girl running around and just seeing tons of dead bodies and finding all these people, and and I had no idea who she was. Frankly, still, I have no idea who she was. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't even look it up on IMDb and figure it out, to be honest (laughs) with you. (laughs) She was running around and then she found like a weird like prop shed. Is that what (laughs) it was this weird kind of funhouse place that he I thought at first it was the shed, then I thought, oh maybe this is his garage. And then I remembered the first scene from the movie where there's this woman in a theater and I thought, oh, this is like the backstage of his like personal theater on his estate. We don't really know. It's just a bunch of random shit and (laughs) she has to run in and around (laughs) doors that she opens that leads to just a brick wall and I mean it doesn't make And it goes on for ever yeah like she is running through this place for so long (laughs) and like they're they're showing us like shots of things like that you think might be significant but they ultimately aren't like there's uh, a tombstone with audra on it and there's like a director's chair with striker on the back then everything else is just random like there's like a 
a taxi cab and like you said like a door to nowhere and and she's running around forever at first she's i don't even know why she's running around i mean there are dead people and she finds the i think the ballet girl like hanging in there Mm -hmm. I, i guess if i were finding dead people i would be kind of frantic but she just for no reason is kind of running around and then the killer pops up and attacks her and she slaps her or something (laughs) so then the killer goes down for five minutes while she runs around some more and then the killer starts chasing her and I I don't God, it went on for so long and and she ends up hiding like in a vent or something yeah and she sees the killer walk by and she thinks that she's safe and so she goes to like go out of the vent but apparently the killer is like in the vent (laughs) behind her now pulls her her away and I guess kills her we don't see it heard a bunch of sounds like cutting sounds so we assume that she was killed yeah. Again, I thought that might be a trick, but it turns out no. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I had already like, I was watching on my computer. (laughs) Oh, my God. I had stopped caring a long time ago. But at this point, I had already like uh, on my computer, like taken the mouse pad and like scanned to the end just to see how long the credits were, hoping (laughs) they were really long so that I wouldn't have to watch more of this Like eight minutes left. Jeez. (laughs) Please tell me the credits are five of those eight minutes. (laughs) I know the feeling exactly. And then you get like the reveal scene, but it's just dumb. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the girl, the comedian girl. I still don't know her name. No, she was uh, she's in the kitchen popping open a bottle of champagne for herself. And uh, Samantha walks in and Samantha basically during their little conversation admits that she killed. So she was the one with the gun. She says, I killed Stryker. Go ahead. Call the police. I don't care. Okay, and then she's like, but but don't worry, I won't hurt any of your little friends. Yeah. And then (laughs) this girl's like, but they're already all dead. And she whips out a knife and it turns out she was the killer. And uh, she stabs her. And then we get kind of that flashback to her doing her comedy act, which, you know, the telling line again, like you said, have you ever wanted something so bad you would do anything for it? Right. But it pans out and she's performing this act now in a mental institution for a bunch of empty chairs and a few uh, other people there. Yeah, and I guess originally it's conception. It was supposed to be that she was doing her Audra role in front of all of the corpses of the people that she had killed. But they thought that that was too implausible. (laughs) 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 Oh man. (laughs) That's hilarious. Oh God. I don't know, like, and seriously, like, when it was over, I was, like, looking stuff up, and I'm like, oh, my God, I hope there's, like, interesting backstory to this, and and I guess there was with, like, the production troubles and stuff, but really not, like, sometimes, you know, we've got all kinds of, like, behind-the-scenes things that we can share with people, and there really just isn't all that much, like, it's just a shit movie, and <laughs> I don't, I don't, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, uh, again, 
Folks, if you're listening and you've watched this movie and you like it, tell me why. I I am desperate to know yeah. why I should like this movie. Because I don't. It was awful. I I very rarely, like, Todd can attest to the fact that I try to be as nice as I can, even when movies are bad. But I just can't say anything nice about this movie. It was It was not good. And I was, I didn't enjoy watching it. <laughs> and <laughs> fun little fact, I started watching it and I was so bored that I had to take a nap. <laughs> 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 and I told my partner, I'm like, I'm sorry, I have to take a nap. And that means that when I get home from church, true story, I'm going to have to keep watching this movie, which means that uh, it's going to be kind of late. And so I came home from church and uh, I had to sit down and watch this movie. And my partner was making dinner and I just so badly just wanted to turn it off and have dinner. Like uh, (laughs) the the things you do for our audience, (laughs) the things I do for you guys, I swear. Uh, you know what's hilarious about this movie is that the one guy in this movie that people would probably recognize the most aside from Stryker's character yeah is the dude who michael who popped in and out in the middle of the movie he his real name is michael wincott and if you actually got a clear look at his face in the movie you would totally recognize him um do you remember robin hood prince of thieves yeah you remember the sheriff of nottingham like his assistant guy vaguely yeah this is him and oh yeah and he went i mean he did along came a spider he did uh strange days he was in the doors movie he has this insane list of the crow the three musketeers alien resurrection this guy was in a lot of movies good for him yeah right and this was one of his first and that's the thing like it seems like from what I've read, everybody who was involved with this is just embarrassed. Yeah. The director took his name off of it. The direction credit is given to the character of John Stryker. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the the actress who played Samantha, um, apparently like she had high hopes for it. She thought it was going to be something special. And, and she's just when it, the result, she was like, oh, my God, like, it's awful. <laughs> like, <laughs> even the people who were involved with it understood how bad it was. Oh, yeah. S- Samantha Egger, the most seasoned actress on the on the whole thing, said that she read it. She thought it was insane. She thought that it was all the characters are extremely underdeveloped and she just took it for a paycheck. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, clear. <laughs> clearly she also wasn't too concerned about this being so widely seen that it put a stain on her on her well, resume right. I mean, either, right? <laughs> you, ever, you gotta work <laughs> gotta buy that truck somehow right <laughs> that's right <laughs> <laughs> well uh, we wish we could recommend this movie Shane uh, if you're listening and we're sure you are please get on our website and social media someplace find us and let us know where we're going wrong on this one because uh, we've been wrong before yeah and we'll always keep an open mind about that but anyway uh, i i definitely couldn't recommend sitting oh down god no don't watch, watch this movie, this movie. <laughs> take a nap 
I don't know. Dig a ditch. Wash your dishes. Anything, anything, anything would be better than spending an hour and a half watching this movie. I swear to God. It's not even fun. Well, at least we hope you had fun listening to this podcast today. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend. You can look us up on online. Just search for Two Guys in a Chainsaw. You'll find our Facebook page. You'll find our website, twoguys.red40net.com, where you can leave uh, see all of our back episodes. You can leave us comments, and you can request movies. We're going to do a few more requests here uh, because we've got a bit of a backlog, so uh, it's not too late to get your requests in for us. We, we do enjoy seeing these films that otherwise we wouldn't see. Uh, well, yeah. we don't always enjoy it, but at least it's something, right? <laughs> yeah. Until next time, I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. With Two Guys and a Chainsaw. <laughs>